Welcome to the GPP podcast for budding politicos, policy wonks, and advocates. I'm Amy Heath Carpentier. And I'm Susan Craig. As career counselors in Washington University's Career Center and co-directors of the Government and Policy Workgroup, we walk alongside burgeoning policy wonks, politicos, and change agents as they chart their paths to change the world. This podcast is for you if you're interested in hearing tips and techniques that will position you to find your place in the fast-moving, mission-driven world of politics, policy, and advocacy. Today, we're going to talk briefly about LinkedIn profiles. If you've come to one of our workgroup speakers, you've often heard us encourage you to connect with the people that we speak to on LinkedIn. We give that advice a lot. We do, don't we? So we should probably back up because you don't want to use the platform to connect with professionals if you haven't gotten your own profile in order. So we're going to give you some tips today on how to do just that. Having a solid profile is really important in the policy, politics, and advocacy space because networking and informational interviewing are critical components of your search. And that all starts on LinkedIn. Now, Susan, we won't pretend to be experts (laughs) on this topic. We will not, no. (laughs) LinkedIn has a lot of materials for college students on how to build a solid profile. So we encourage you to check those out. We're going to include some of our favorites that are aimed at students in the episode notes. We're going to share our thoughts here based on the many profiles we've seen over the years and what we look for when we're searching and reviewing connections on behalf of students. And we have looked at quite a few profiles over the years, haven't we? We sure have (laughs) so many, so many. So just to back up even more for a minute, um, can I just reflect on how valuable LinkedIn is as a source of information? I just think it's, it's so great. Even if you're not ready to start connecting, it's just a great resource for learning about what's possible. So if you haven't spent time yet looking at the people who work in organizations that interest you or just to see how they got there or what else they follow or how they describe what they do, start there. You can generate a lot of ideas this way, and it will help you understand what you might want to include in your own profile. The best way to start searching on LinkedIn is to go to the Washington University in St. Louis main page on LinkedIn. So you just search for that. Once you're there, click alumni and all 100,000 plus alumni will show up. You can then sort them by where they live, where they work, what they studied. I find the best way to search for them is just to throw in a search term like Senate or Congress, or Brookings, or in the search tool, and just see who comes up. You can also do languages. So if you have Portuguese, throw that in there, see what comes up. Then you can see the people who have or or are working in or near these places. And you can also click on the organizations and look at their profiles as well. You can really go down some rabbit holes. It's kind of fun. Okay. So once you've spent some time on the site, you may be having some imposter syndrome. So let's acknowledge that for a minute. I often have students in my office who get intimidated when I show them someone who's done amazing things. So just a reminder, you've done amazing things too. And you don't need to prove this to the world on your LinkedIn profile. You just need enough of a profile to demonstrate that you are who you say you are and you have some skills and interests that overlap with those to whom you're trying to connect. That's it. So true, Susan. WashU students often compare themselves with others who have much more experience. Do you see that, Susan? Yeah, all the time. All the time. Not fair. <laughs> not, so not fair to yourself. Don't expect right. yourself to be three years out of college. You can't be. And alumni don't expect that either. So don't fret about lacking experience or not having the perfect profile. Be real. 
and show that you care about whatever it is you care about. Maybe it's immigration or combating domestic violence or global health. You can demonstrate a commitment to those issues in lots of ways. And this passion to affect change in whatever it is you care about is the most important qualification. So just remember that and remember that you're amazing and you have all you need to build your professional profile. All right. So let's start building that profile. Step one, you need a picture of yourself. It doesn't need to be a, you need a picture. (laughs) It doesn't need to be a professional headshot that you pay a fortune for. It just needs to make you look professional. So you don't have to use one that, you know, again, that's been professionally generated, but also don't use one that you've cropped your friends out of. (laughs) (laughs) That's not going to work either. So go on campus with a friend on a nice day, find a good backdrop. And there are lots of them. One of my favorites actually in the rec center, um, they have a really nice uh, brick wall and you can stand against that. And the sun's really lovely there. Mm -hmm. And then have your friend snap a few pics. That's all you need. And you'll see some of those backdrops. If you, if you um, dig around on LinkedIn enough, you'll see a bunch of Washi students have some really cool campus backdrops and feel free to plagiarize. (laughs) Absolutely. The next step is deciding what your title is going to be, which is, you know, it's going to appear underneath your name. And many students just do something very straightforward, like WashU student, or maybe they put global studies major, whatever one or two words you want to be associated with your name. That's what you put there. But don't try too hard. You'll see some people really (laughs) overdo this section. Don't be one of them. Yeah, guilty is charged on that. (laughs) (laughs) Certainly made that mistake. So next you want to focus on the about section. This to me is the most important. Absolutely. I always read this part first. Yep. Some people though write a book in this section, Mm -hmm. but I think if you can fit it onto three lines, which is the maximum you will see before you have to click to the see more for that section, it's the perfect length. For those of us with rather diverse backgrounds, jobs, experiences, this is the place where you make sense of them all and tie them together. For you all, it's about where you want to make your, what we call your pitch. You want to tell the reader what you care about and how you want to use your skills, knowledge, and experiences to make a difference. Use the keywords that really tell your story, like advocate for racial equity or seeking to reform our nation's educational system or hoping to bridge strong communication and writing skills with, you know, uh, social justice for social justice issues. If environmental policy is your thing, talk about your studies and internships working to combat climate change, but make it concise. You don't have room to tell your whole story, but this is the paragraph that someone that you've asked to connect to will really look at. And when they see that you share some interests with them, they'll understand why you've asked to connect and they'll accept. Yes, they will. Hopefully. Hopefully. So once, once you've gotten those three parts, the, the picture, your title and the about section figured out, you're almost done. Seriously, no one reads LinkedIn profiles. They just glance at them. And these are the things they're going to look to first. So the next thing you want to do is to look at your affiliations. So include your internships and extracurriculars and your civic engagement, but do not copy and paste your resume into those sections. It's just more than anyone's going to read. So there's just no need to include it. Maybe you want to insert a sentence or two to explain what you did or what the organization is all about, but don't detail the experience in full. And then the last section that I think is helpful is the interests piece. 
If your experiences are still a little light, and that could be a lot of you, um, but particularly if you're a first-year sophomore, if you're into politics, for example, you can put Politico on there just to indicate your interests are genuine and you know what Politico is, or you follow the news and are devoted to it. Or if it's international development, maybe you start following organizations that are known for that work, like UNICEF or International Rescue Committee. This shows that you're a fan of the field, that you're in the know, and it'll also help you be in the know. All you have to do is pop into LinkedIn and you'll get updates. That's super helpful. And you don't need to go crazy here. Just one or two things to reflect your interests and understanding of the field. You can also edit those later. So if you change interests, that can always be adjusted. Yeah, I feel like my interests are always evolving a little bit. So Amy, what do you think about the skills and endorsement section where they try to get peers to rank you on things like strategic planning or public speaking? I personally sort of hate that section. Yeah. <laughs> and I also, um, I never, I never really read the endorsements, but the ones I do, I'm always kind of skeptical of, I don't know. I don't know why, but I just feel like it seems rather contrived. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, so I think that the way that LinkedIn asks for those is yeah. a little weird. So yeah. like today, I, I even today I, I logged in and somebody's like, who would you go to? Or it was like, who would you go to for Spanish <laughs> language? Nobody. And I was like, what? <laughs> and it gives me like some options. And I just find that to be a little odd. People went really nuts on that initially. Uh-huh. Um, however, I don't hate the endorsements. The endorsements you know, you wouldn't necessarily want to ask someone, but I've had someone endorse me that I didn't ask and it just popped up and it's mm-hmm. all right. I mean, that's fine. You can have that. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess my advice to students is not to bother with that section too much or don't, don't expend too much energy on it. True. But if you have publications, that's a good thing to list. I think uh, trainings and certifications, like maybe you've done some LinkedIn learning courses, or if you've got some analytic tools like R or Stata, those are good things to have on there. Um, are there other things, yeah. Amy? Yeah, I would say like if you say you wrote something for WashU Political Review or yeah. for Stud Life or for your internship or say you your organization that you worked for last summer publishes something, puts out something really significant, you could share that on LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, that's perfectly fine. And then it becomes almost like a portfolio. So, yeah. So then the last step is to start building your network. This happens naturally over time, but you do want to have more than five connections when you start reaching (laughs) out to people with whom you want to conduct informational interviews or chat. So find some friends that, and fellow students who are maybe just a couple years ahead of you. Mm -hmm. Also keep in mind, they need to be someone who's seen you in some kind of professional context. This isn't just the friend that you've, you know, gone to a concert with. This is somebody who you've worked on a, you know, a student group with or a project for school, maybe even professors or us, but do not ask to connect with someone without a note or if you don't know them. So if you're reaching out to people you don't know, be sure to add a sentence in the invitation so they know why you're reaching out to them. We get outreach sometimes and I'm like, I don't think I've ever met that person. There's no information about why they're reaching out to us. Yeah. Yeah, I don't don't connect to students who just uh, invite me to connect without some sort of explanation because I don't know why they're asking to connect and I don't actually know them. So I don't feel like um, I'm a good, I'm a good connection for them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So getting to know people a little bit or at least saying, Hey, I'd love to come meet with you, you know, or I'm want to meet with you or what have you. Um, 
It doesn't need to be really long, just something like, for example, if you're sending something to Susan, you might say, I listened to your podcast and thank you for the good advice, hoping to connect. Or if it's a fellow student, your summer internship at ACL looks, ACLU looks cool, hoping to connect so we can discuss it further or something of that nature. Yeah, just a sentence or two is all you need. Yep. And if you want some more tips on how to ask for and conduct informational interviews, guess what? We've got a whole other mm-hmm. podcast for that. We do. <laughs> so check out part three in our internship search strategies on networking for some more tips and tricks there. Wonderful. Well, thanks for listening. And until next time, keep working to imprint your world.